before we start the show, we just want to let you know that we're part of the Bard Rock Network, sponsored by Dragon Master Games. Dragon Master Games is a local game store with an online storefront where you can get TTRPG products and collectibles, including trading cards. Just go to their website in the show notes and write in the comments that Bard Rock Network sent you. You can also support the network by subscribing to our Patreon or Ko-fi to access network-wide bonus content. Get shout-outs on network shows, receive network swag, and even get invited to our several annual community game nights. Anyway, on with the show. Alright, welcome back to episode 50 of Bard Rock Cafe. So for this episode, it is Rook's solo episode after everyone got flung in different directions. We, at this point, if I understand our release schedule, we've heard from everyone except for Brock. So, Khadijah. Yes. As Rook links hands for the plane shift spell, it goes awry. Oops. And everyone is flung apart. Rook, after being launched in very vertigo-like fashion through the planes, finds herself tumbling head over heels through the air down into a lake of shimmering silver. It looks as though all the light of the stars is gathered into the lake itself, and immediately upon falling in, you find yourself gaining the benefits of a long rest, as though the water itself just washes away your tiredness and any poisons. You are immediately just rejuvenated by the water. You're also trying, I assume, to swim to the surface to get back. Oh yeah, Rook is while, you know, it's obviously, you know, beautiful and everything. She's too caught up in the fact that she's been dunked (laughs) into this pool. When she resurfaces is when she's really able to kind of take it in. She's treading the water. You know, she's able to actually feel that glow around her. And she treads to get towards the edge of the water. And that's when she probably notices the type of terrain that's around them. Okay. In your opinion, do you feel like Rook would have held her breath? Yes. So, you hold your breath, that helps you not inhale water, and you float back to the surface. Your head breaks the the surface of the water, and looking up, uh, the night sky seems to almost reflect from the lake rather than the other way around. Off to the side, out of the water, or rather just now emerging from the water and wrapping herself in a towel, you see a figure with dark skin narrow frame and looking at her is like staring at the the night sky she turns and looks at you with eyes like tiny stars and nebulous purple irises the shore is covered in flowers of all sorts many of which you know and many that you probably have never seen before it appears to be a garden of some kind designed to have all different sorts of fauna and flora the garden is illuminated by the lake itself and The woman speaks to you in dulcet flowing sylvan. No one is allowed to be here. Who are you? Rook is very intrigued. She doesn't even know what type of a person she's looking at. And this seems to be like a beautiful person that, you know, in in her mind, you know, Rook is half elf. And so she kind of um, wonders if there's some kind of a relation between elves and this person or if there's something because... Um, she always kind of hopes for that sort of a connection. Um, so she starts walking towards this figure and she's going to look her up and down to catch any details of her features. Like, um, does she have, uh, an ear shape 
that's more elven or human? Her ear shape is... So you look and you see the width of her face. Her ears extend on either side and slightly to the back, but they are about as long as her face is wide. Oh. And actually, now that I think about it, what type of... uh, Do I... Can I see her feet? Yes. What kind of feet does she have? Human feet? Uh, They look to be humanoid feet. They don't have any unique features. You do notice that her toenails are painted black. Okay. All right. So so Rook is extremely intrigued. She doesn't really know how to broach that right away, but she decides to introduce herself and suddenly seeing this this figure to her is, you know, from what you described of her eyes and her skin, Rook almost has deified this person from first look. And she doesn't want to just say, like, I'm Rook. That doesn't... She, she kind of feels a little small. Um, and she's actually going to introduce herself by her actual birth name instead. She, it's, in a way, it's kind of like she wants to impress this, this per- being. So Rook kind of puts her hand on her chest and says, I, my name is Amaryllis. I was teleported here. I'm so sorry if I'm intruding. It's interesting that you find yourself here. I see your elven features, but no one may come here without an invitation. It is warded against people dropping in. Still, Amaryllis, I am Lady Nyx. Welcome to my garden. Nyx. Um, so Rook is half terrified, like she's not supposed to be there, but maybe a bit... She's she's a bit hopeful and she's going to lean on that side. So I... I'm very sorry. I really, it wasn't my choice to come here. Someone was actually trying to to help me. There was a situation where the plane where we were existing was falling apart. A very powerful magic user. Well, she kind of like did a spell. We all held hands and I ended up here and I promised like I... I don't even, I never knew this place existed. It's beautiful. Well, I appreciate that. This garden was created for those that I consider friends. Certain members of Fey nobility and the birds of the sky. You don't seem quite like a bird. Fey, you say? I actually um, have a Fey, a Fey familiar. <laughs> Do you present Fairy? I do. I present Fairy. Fairy clearly is sharing your reaction to this woman's presence. So, Fairy the Raven Familiar, still nestled up against your collar, does the little raven scooch along your shoulder, and says, Hello, I'm Fairy, and I'm her familiar. I go where she goes. To which Lady Nyx goes, I see. You are a bird of the sky, but I've never met you, and you've certainly never been here before. No, I, I haven't. I've never seen this place. The question remains. Perhaps it was an accident, but again, this place is warded. Without an invitation, you should not even have been able to enter. You should have rebounded to another place. I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know much about sorcery. I'm better at hitting with weapons, not so much with magic, but I mean, the matriarch, the drow matriarch, she was very powerful. Maybe she was able to just really send me anywhere. Even bypass wards, which is, I mean, I don't know. Well, 
Any ward can be bypassed, but it would have taken a powerful sorceress indeed. Regardless, I don't get the sense you mean me any harm, so I welcome you. <sighs> now, let's have a discussion. She kind of motions to a... There's a little pergola-type area, a slight ways into the garden, uh, surrounded by nightshades and lily-type flowers. She says, I will meet you there just as soon as I've dressed myself. Okay, and so I make my way to the pergola, and I kind of, like, try to neaten myself as much as I can. I'm kind of considering what she wants to discuss with me exactly. Just gonna sit and wait. But out of, you know, paranoia, one of my daggers is still accessible. Like, definitely accessible from my belt. Gotcha. Alright. Roll a perception check as you walk over and wait at the pergola. Will do. Perception. Seven. I got a 24 total. Oh, man. Yeah. So, even though it is nighttime, the garden is pretty well lit. Again, that lake kind of shines like the stars in the night sky. So you're able to see as if it's a bright night. And as you go into the pergola and you look up, nestled in on one of the, the wooden crossbeams is an owl just staring down at you. And you see off in the distance there is a uh, peacock kind of huddled down in with some of the, the underbrush. There's birds watching me. Well, and as you start to look around, in the sky you see occasionally a bird fluttering past. And as you look in the trees, you see... Because you rolled a 24, which is really good. You start to make out, there are a lot of birds in this garden. I'm gonna ask Fairy, do you know about this connection between birds and the Fae? Oh, well, I mean, I guess every bird here is a Fae. We're in the Fae Wild. I can tell because I feel like I'm home. Oh, so in a way, is this where you belong? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know this garden, though. It's nice here, though. I feel comfortable. Like, I could stay here for a long time. You know, Fairy, you should fly around and check out these different stuff, you know? Because I'm going to have this whole discussion, if you want. Okay, I'll go fly around. I'll see if I can make some friends. Hey, folks. We just want to take a break from the action to let you know how you can support the show. As part of Bard Rock Network, you can support us through a number of affiliate programs where a portion of your order goes to support the network. Everybody loves dice, right? Fan roll dice make dice of all shapes and sizes, as well as accessories like trays, bags and towers. Or maybe you want to take better campaign notes. Just check out Minver RPG and look at their assortment of campaign journals and tools. Finally, you can level up your game night with tea or coffee from Many Worlds Tavern. In addition to delicious tea and coffee, they have stickers, tokens for your favourite trading card games and playmats. Qualifying orders even come with free dice. All those affiliate links can be found in the show notes, and you just need to use the code BARDROCKCAFE at checkout to save on your order. Hey, Cammy! I just wanted to tell you how great a job you do running the game on Bardrock Cafe! Ah, thanks. I work really hard on my presentation and making the world come alive. I want to start my own home game, but I don't have a lot of experience running games, and I'm not confident developing an original story yet. Oh, that doesn't need to stop you. Just write a pre-written adventure. There are tons of them out there, both officially published by game developers and independently published by third parties. Then you can focus on running the game and having fun. Ah, that's true. But 
There are so many pre-written adventures out there across multiple game systems. I'm not sure where to start. Well, I am happy to give you some suggestions from my favorites. But you may also want to check out Dungeons & Dialogue. They're a TTRPG actual play podcast that plays pre-written adventures and critically reviews them so you can decide if they're right for your table. Oh, that sounds great! I'll have to check them out! Between their show and your recommendations, I'm sure I can find the right material to get my home game up and running! Dungeons & Dialogue is a Bard Rock Network production, available now wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You know, Rook, that was a little hard for Rook to do, but when she realizes that, you know, Fairy actually has a home, little difficult... Anywho, waiting for Nyx. <laughs> yeah. So Fairy flutters off. It takes just a few minutes, but in a flowing black dress, the dress itself has mostly black feathers in it, but there are red feathers along the shoulders and upper arms, and that kind of forms a cloak to the, the dress that flows down behind her. She seems to move pretty effortlessly for it being, like, a noble lady's dress. And additionally, you're pretty sure something like this is not a piece of clothing you can put on by yourself, right? Like, there's certain clothing articles that just require assistance, and it probably takes more than a couple minutes to. So it's interesting that she's already making her way here. Okay. She does take a seat on one of the little raised ledges that serve as a bench. She says, well, Amaryllis... Yeah. That's a lovely name. My mother chose it for me. Indeed. Did she ever tell you why? I don't know if there's any significance. It's maybe a pretty flower. It is a flower. I have several of them here. And she kind of motions off to one side and see off in the distance. There's all sorts of different flowers. Is Rook familiar enough with the Amaryllis flower to recognize it? She is. Then you would see kind of off some distance into the garden some Amaryllis flowers in bloom. Uh, and go ahead and roll a nature check. Okay, plus two. One sec. Do, do, do. 18 total. So that's pretty good. With an 18, you're looking around. There are all sorts of different flowers here. Flowers that are native to all sorts of different biomes and regions. <clears throat> and they are all healthy. And even with a passing knowledge in nature and how, like, flowers work... There are different seasonal flowers here that are all blooming at the same time. Everything here looks like it is in full bloom, mm -hmm. like in its prime season, and that doesn't make sense out of some kind of magic. Right. Okay, so I'm a straight up ass. Nick, how do all these different flowers grow here? Well, I tend to them. I have some help with my task from the birds themselves. How are the birds able to help you? Well... The birds bring me flowers from all the different courts in the Feywild. And so for each of my visitors, I have a little section of my garden just for them. With that 18 nature check and that statement, looking around, the grove that you find yourself in is segmented in ways that feel natural, right? It's like over here where you would expect to see like spring flowers, that's where they all are. Or like the winter blooms or the nighttime flowers. They're all kind of clustered in groups that do make sense. She says... You find yourself in the night court of the Feywild, and I am its queen. Oh, your majesty, I'm so sorry. I I don't think I've been treating you with proper respect. And because Rook is awkward as heck, 
She's trying to like do a bow while sitting down. And it's really awkward, but you can see the effort. So Lady Nyx, she laughs, but the laughter in a way just kind of ripples out through the garden itself. And the birds in the garden start to squawk and cheep and whatever other noises just briefly in response, right? She says, you don't need to worry about that. This place was meant for friendship and fellowship and self-reflection. It's my little haven away from the difficulties of the world beyond. The world beyond your court? That as well, but well, being a queen comes with many responsibilities and trials. Those that come to this garden, I trust to respect it and to make the most of it. That is why I made it for the birds of every court, every region. All of them are welcome here, including your fairy, who I can tell is making fast friends over in that corner over there. And she looks off and you can kind of sense fairy's presence off in that direction. But you definitely can't see fairy, but she looks like she's looking right at fairy. Is this, um, Queen Nyx, is this where Fairy is meant to live? That's a complicated question. Where is Fairy initially from? Because she's never been here. That's the problem. I don't know. And Fairy, I don't know if Fairy knows. I actually don't know what it's like to become a familiar or why it happened. Was it, is Fairy happy being that? I don't even know. And if but I don't want to take Fairy away from her real home. You have no skill in magic, but you have a familiar. How did you come by this? Oh, boy. <laughs> so my friends and I, we adventured together and we came across a ritual and Fairy chose me. I see. A familiar chooses their master as much as a master chooses their familiar. It was special. Fairy would not be with you if she did not choose to. As for where Fairy is initially from, that I don't know. It was the Feywild, but it was not here. Well, I mean, maybe there's something Fairy and I can do to figure it out together. I guess I'm really happy I landed here, if not just for this, just for this piece of knowledge. Maybe I can help Fairy. And perhaps Fairy can help you as well. After all, she seems fond of you. Fairy has helped me a lot. You notice or suddenly are aware of the fact that the owl that was on the crossbeam has been carefully watching you and Queen Nyx this entire time. Is this owl one of your friends? This owl is named Boz. Would you like to meet him? And the owl flutters down, and as it lands, you watch as the owl seems to transform uh, its wing. You've seen when somebody flourishes their cape? Yeah. Well, the owl uses its wing in that way, and it grows until it is another clearly sylvan individual oh. old gray hair feathers of an owl still interspersed with his own hair and still slightly avian features it's an older slightly chubby isn't the right word we'll say puffy because there's enough feathers for it to be puffy but bent over like an older man he says hello my name is boz hey boz uh, my name is Amaryllis. It's so nice to meet you. <laughs> Welcome to the garden. Were you listening to us, Boz? I was. What do you think? You are a curiosity, Amaryllis. Um, why? Because you are here, and you have no idea how. Yeah, I mean, like, I know how in that it was a spell, but I don't know how in that why here. Boz starts to shuffle around you like he's just looking at you right and like very like brazenly just looking you up and down like like inspecting you right 
Um, and his eyes are still slightly too large for his face. <laughs> and very much like an owl's eyes that are all the way dilated. You know, like, okay. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about. So even though he is in his humanoid form, he definitely looks like an owl in this second. He's looking you up and down, saying, where do you come from? Um, I, um, and suddenly Rook is just like, where do I even start? So she just kind of goes with, I'm from a city by the sea where there's a lot of people. And I actually live by the docks, by the ocean, with my mom. I see. He kind of stops, like, inches from your face, just looking at your eyes, and then, like, clearly looking at your ears as well. He says, have you ever been to the Feywild before? No. It's Waterdeep for me. Oh, Waterdeep. I know that name. You do? I do. And he actually, like, he reaches into, like, the feathers on his chest and pulls out, like, little spectacles that he just balances on his nose. Okay. <laughs> and he inside the it's weird because you're not really sure where he ends and his clothing begins because <laughs> it's all it's all feathery right and so he reaches into what might be his wing it might be a cloak but he pulls out just this little bitty notebook right and he starts turning the page and you notice as the page turns it just keeps turning right so he's like flipping through it's like a little handheld little pocketbook right but as he's flipping the pages to a certain page, it's like there's hundreds of pages in this little pocketbook that looks like maybe ten pages thick, right? <laughs> and he stops on one page and he goes, Oh, yes, Waterdeep, on the material plane. A very big city, very important. How fascinating. Wow, you, that book of yours, um, so are you like a researcher? Oh, well, of a sort. I'm the court historian for the Night Court. Oh, I know somebody who would probably love to talk to you. Oh, really? He's like this really old elf named Nadir. Nadir. I don't know that name. I wonder if I'll get to meet him. Are your friends coming? I don't know. I don't think so. I was just transported here by myself. I don't even know where they are. How do I get back? To well, or rather, how do I just get back to the material plane to Waterdeep, I guess? Well, we can certainly send you. Well, I can't. She can. Her Majesty. Uh, and then he does this awkward, like, old man bow, like he's he's forgetting himself, and he's, oh, oh <laughs> bows to the Lady Nyx. And she just has this slightly amused, neutral expression as she's watching the exchange. She seems distracted by something. Queen Nyx, I'm not assuming. You don't have to do anything for me. If You can even just show me out of here, and I can find my own way. I really didn't mean to intrude or like ask anything of you i know you probably have better things to do as you speak to her it almost halfway seems like she's not hearing you and there's kind of this heavy like pause where you've said it and she's right there but she's not reacting in any way and then she kind of turns her gaze back to you and says you're not imposing at all in fact i was going to offer it since you've been well quite well behaved since you arrived here but it seems well, we are going to have some visitors soon. From the spring court, as it so happens. So, you mean you need to get me out of here before they get here? Oh no, my dear. They're coming to see you. What? Why would they want to see me? Well, I just received a message from a very dear falcon friend of mine. He says that a member of the spring court is right here. And since you're the only newcomer, I assume that has to be you. And yet I've never met you. My dear Amaryllis, named for a flower, who are you really? And now her eyes are just 
fully on you. What? Like, she's had this kind of wandering, half, like, amused, wandering gaze the whole time. Now it's focused and staring intently at you. And Boz is kind of shuffling back a little bit. Queen, Queen Nix, I'm everything I said I was. I'm, you know, I'm Amaryllis. My family's name is my, it's my mother's family. Nickel I live in Waterdeep with my mother. She works at a brothel. I don't know my father. Some elf. And that's, that's who I am. I, I, I don't know what the Supreme Court think about. She's eyeing you, again, very intently. I'll say this. Insight or Arcana, whichever one is better for you. Insight or Arcana? Okay, it's gonna be Arcana? <laughs> we know how wild that's been in the past. So let's see. 17 total. Okay. I do want to mention that's a good roll, so probably not this one, but you do have the Felix dice, which, just as a reminder, that is the whatever you would normally roll. No advantage or disadvantage, just a straight roll. And then on top of whatever bonuses you normally would get, you also get plus five. Use that once per session. It's anybody in the party can use it, but right now, that's you. Okay, cool. Yeah. With a 17 Arcana, you've seen spellcasters do their thing enough at this point. She is not just staring intently at you. She is trying to probe at you magically to figure things out. Okay. Is she having trouble? She is. Okay, okay. And you would know with your Arcana check why that would be. Okay. I'd be like, oh, okay. My queen, okay, and then I'm gonna like, kind of like in the movies when you're trying to show your wallet to a cop, like, <laughs> yes. like really slowly, yeah, like really slowly Rook removes, like pulls out an amulet that she never shows or talks about to anybody. So Rook pulls off and uh, over her head an orb on the end of a string. It's a sphere, it's an amber sphere, and there's a there's a figure inside of it. She never talks about it, but there's just something about this figure that has always been so intriguing to her, and she just really has felt a little greedy about it. She's asked for Felix to help her figure out what the real deal is, where it comes from. She doesn't know yet, but she is aware that it does protect her against detect detection, scrying, it's an amulet that protects her against that stuff. So that's why she's aware of why Nyx is having trouble. Now, when she pulls it off to show it to the queen, she says, whatever you were trying to do, do it again now. So as you pull the amulet out, open recognition shows on Lady Nyx's face. She has seen this amulet before, and she understands completely why all of her divination magic was failing on you because you were immune to it. There we go. So I would imagine before Rook even gets to the point of saying, you know, try what you tried again. She are, she's she's okay. Yeah. Like she you would recognize the recognition. Exactly. Exactly. And so instead, Rook is going to say, you know what this is? She kind of sweeps over to you, closing the distance between you, looking closely at the crystal on the end of the amulet string and the figure inside she says you don't know what you have do you i've wanted to know dear child how did you come across this i can tell that this is important so i'm sorry to tell you that i stole it i stole it from a noble house that also probably didn't know what it was because they probably bought it from somebody shift well 
While I appreciate the honest answer, you should know that stealing from a thief is not really stealing at all. You hold in your hands the Lord of the Forest, oh. the Prince of the Spring Court, who has been missing for several years. So, oh my god! Uh, and Rook is like pushing the amulet towards Nyx. Shouldn't you free? Shouldn't you free him? Shouldn't you free him? <laughs> Nyx is just a wash of different emotions. So there's bewilderment and amusement at your reaction, and wonder at the fact that you have found yourself here. She does take the amulet from you, and she is holding it up by the crystal, just regarding it in front of her face. She says, Well, I suppose the mystery of how you ended up in my garden is solved. Wait, so did the prince, like, direct here or something like that? Not exactly. The prince is not exactly conscious right now. He's imprisoned. Oh. A very powerful spell put him in this orb. Very powerful magic is required to break it. But he is invited. He's invited? Yes. He was one of the few allowed in my garden. So, you'll free him? Oddly, I'm not certain that I can. Oh. This magic is powerful. A spell like this requires certain conditions in order to be broken, and I don't know what those are. Well, normally I would use magic to find out, but this amulet is specifically designed to prevent such measures. Still, some of his retainers are on their way right now. They're going to be very interested. They felt his presence as soon as he entered this plane, and immediately set off, and sent me a message, letting me know they were coming. Well, even as the falcon flies, it will take them some time to get here. In the meantime, you are welcome to stay at the night court as my guest. I have a suspicion that you have a great many stories, and I would love to hear them all. Uh, it, it would be an honor. And you are welcome to ask me questions as well. Things about my court, things about this realm. I have so many questions. I'm, uh, I don't even know which one to start with. So I guess I'll ask you them on the way. That sounds just delightful. I'll have to introduce you to my husband. His name is Orion. Huh? Yes, he is currently holding court with some refugees from other fey courts. There have been troubles of late oh. in the Spring Court more than others, as a matter of fact. That's where we can start. What troubles do the Fae Courts face? Well, we are awash with refugees. Refugees from, I guess, like a war? Is there a war going on? Of a sort. The Spring Court's lord has gone missing, though it seems that he's fallen into my hands. But the Winter Court, Queen Mab has been displaced, as have all of her courts and loyal nobles. They were displaced by some manner of extraplanar creature. Extraplanar creature? Yes. And you don't know what it is? We have tried to find out, but all of our scouts have not returned. So there's a court just overtaken by strange. Yes. It's quite frightening because the spring and winter courts neighbor each other. In fact, the winter court has a mountain range that borders the spring court. So... The thing is, if the Winter Court takes over Spring Court, it's going to take over the other ones too, right? Yes, indeed. And in fact, Winter has started to encroach on some of its neighboring regions. So whatever has happened there, it affects us all. So then the refugees are just displaced by what's going on there. So you take in refugees yourself in the Night Court? As many as we can. We have enough magic here to supply food and respite for all of them. The bigger problem is that the balance is being disrupted. The balance? The balance of what? Why the Four Seasons? Day and night. Everything seems to be getting upended. Yeah, I guess. Like, everything's been super weird on... I mean, the plane I just came from, that I was teleported from, it 
it, it literally, literally started to fall apart. Something's wrong, right? You're not the first to tell us this. I mean, what, who else told you about other planes falling apart? Some of our extraplanar refugees. Extraplanar refugees? Yes, we've had, well, most notably, and with some controversy, Orion took in some refugees from the Nine Hells, fleeing what they say was the destruction of the Nine Hells. That's what I think I heard of happening. Uh, I'm really good at killing things, not good at putting things together. What do we do about it? Well, while I certainly want to conference with my husband, if we can gather your friends back together, something about you seems significant. I'll say we have all the bad luck. <laughs> well, you do certainly seem to tug the threads of fate. And her eyes, like, she's back focusing on you and you can tell, like, the, the divination has started again in earnest. And she's starting to sense things about you. Okay. She says, In fact, I get the sense that you, and you specifically, are central to the fate of the Feywild itself. More than your friends who are all intertwined with you. The grand tapestry of fate. You are a through line straight through the Feywild. How interesting. I remember now that there was a future that I saw, and it showed me surrounded by Fey. And I wonder... I mean, it just sounds like, it just, you know, I've always been attracted to Faye. I mean, it's the reason why I can make Sylvan. If I'm going to protect anything to do with Faye, it really does feel like Faye is doing something. Well, we all have our roles to play. I'm beginning to think that my role is to help you. So, Amaryllis, winter flower that you are, perhaps your role is to help us reclaim the winter courts, figure out what's going on there. Perhaps your role is to save us all. Who can tell? But you are welcome in my garden at any time. And as for your elven father, I have no insight for that. But I do know that there are no coincidences. You are here for a reason. You came to the night court, to the garden of the Queen of Night. And that was no accident. I could use anything you can give me to conquer this. Well, for tonight, I will set you up with rooms and food and whatever else you need. And tomorrow... I will introduce you to my husband, and we will gather your friends together. That sounds great. So long as nothing prevents it. Okay, so they'll all be here? <laughs> Indeed. There's a great many random things happening, but there are no coincidences. Two nightingales land and transform into black-feathered humanoids that seem there to escort you at Lady Nix's request. You are free to stay there as long as you like talking with her. But whenever you are ready to turn in, they will take you to your quarters. I want to ask Nyx a couple questions and then I'll probably be done. Okay. Nyx, uh, Queen Nyx, actually, I want to ask how big is the nation? She uh, leans back into her chair and looks up at the knights at the sky and says, The Feywild is not exactly like your world. Distance and time work differently here. But the closest answer I can give you is that we are as large as the night sky. Maybe that's something I need to understand. How different your world is to mine? The Feywild is a mirror of your world, in many ways. But where your world shifts and changes, the Feywild resists change. You are in the night court right now. The sun does not dawn here. It is nighttime at all times. And there are many creatures here that would terrorize unfamiliar travelers just as in the middle of the night there are many predators that track their prey but the night is not always dangerous it is welcoming 
as well. The court of day is always day. In the spring court, it is always blooming and flowery. The winter court is always frozen, snowy, cold, but beautiful. The Feywild is a reflection of your world. It's good, it's bad, but in more extremes. Happiness here is extreme, but so is sadness. So for things to be changing, for the balance to be disrupted, that is a threat to the very fiber of this world, and it must be addressed. Thanks for explaining. I, I don't know how to ask this in a polite way, so I'm sorry, Queen Nyx, but how, I mean, are you going to be Queen of the Night Court forever? Are you an immortal being? A hint of a smile tugs at the corners of her mouth, and she says, forever is a very, very long time. And Rook feels a little foolish. She's like, I guess not forever, but I mean, maybe a better question is, how did you become queen? Well, for as long as there's been night, I've been here. And I suppose someday, night no longer will be, and then neither shall I. If the night court didn't exist here, on the material plane, we wouldn't have night? Of a sort. Balance would be disrupted there, just as it is here. In fact, I would wager that on your world's Winter is encroaching a little bit more than it should. But imagine a world without night. It'd only be day. Imagine a world without either. What would that look like? I have no idea. Neither do I. Thanks for answering all my stupid questions. I, I think I'll just get to my room now. My dear girl, none of your questions have been stupid. And in fact, many of them I wrestle with on my own. After all, even night has to end eventually. In a permanent sort of way. Why? Everything ends. And eventually everything begins again. That is the cycle. Rook goes with the Nightingale people to her room after, I don't know, giving Queen Nyx a good night smile. That's more than she's done for anybody before. Yeah, and I follow them to wherever she's going to rest. Yeah, so you are taken to what looks to be a beautiful summer home, except it's glowing with fireflies. They flutter around it in just a cloud that it's like waves of luminescence kind of just circles around it as the fireflies light up oh awesome it looks like something out of the spring court as though the spring court helped to build it here the sheets are fresh linen it is an extremely comfortable bed the entire house is spacious the design is very open so there's not floors so much as like dividing curtains and dividing walls and the entire structure is oval-like in shape, so you can... There's not really doors. You can just move throughout it, and you know when you've entered a different space based on the decor, right? And you spend the night such that it is, because there is no day in the night court, but you do rest. And as you rest, because of the events on the fire plane where the wish was used to repair the Tablet of Fate... You feel that pulse of energy in your chest. At this point, you immediately level up. Okay. So you go up to, what was it? I think I said level, yeah, I think it was level 12 that everybody levels up to for this next stretch of the journey. Your rest is peaceful and without dreams. When you wake, you find that someone has deposited your amulet back on the nightstand next to your bed. To your knowledge, no time has passed. It's complicated, right? It's still nighttime. You get the sense that if you stayed here long enough, your sleep-wake cycle would be really, really off. Fairy comes back in. Oh. Says, oh, Rook. Uh, they asked me to come get you whenever you woke up. Uh, we're going to meet the king. Rook gets herself put together a little bit, meaning she rubs her eyes. 
and make sure her hair isn't completely horrible by just flattening it a little bit. And she's ready to go. Awesome. Fairy, make sure that you place the amulet back around your neck. Oh, thanks, Fairy. Uh, to the best of her ability, she tries to tie it, but it's it's tricky. But <laughs> yeah, Rook takes over. <laughs> very nice of you, Fairy. Thank oh, you're very you're welcome. I try to help as much as I can. So, Fairy, tell me about your new friends. Did you make a lot of friends? Oh, I I met so many. There's so many birds here. There was a starling, and he told me all about how Lady Nyx is Queen of Night. And how we're in her 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 court, and that's that's a lot. That's a really big thing. And I met I met a hawk that was sleeping, and and an eagle and a phoenix. There's so many here. Oh wow! And I bet there's even more. There are. I didn't get it. I I didn't even get to talk to the peacock. Okay. Well, we're about to meet the king, and I'm sure there'll be some time after for you to fly around and meet other birds. I sure hope so. If it gets really boring, um, just tug on tug on my hair. While we're talking to the king, and uh, you can pop off and, and you know talk to the birds even earlier if you like. Okay, but I think I want to meet the king. As you walk out, having this conversation with Fairy, the two nightingale retainers are there. Lady Nix is there. You see off in the distance, beyond the the borders of the garden, you do you definitely see like the palace, right? But it looks a ways off. But as you start to walk over there. It feels like you're making better time than you should. And in fact, it feels like only minutes have passed and you've walked several miles uh, to the point that you have arrived at the palace. She guides you through the entry hall, up some stairs, off to a side chamber, and you hear talking in the room next and you hear a voice that sounds familiar and you place it as Brock Song's voice. Okay. As the doors are flung open by the retainers, and Lady Nyx enters the room and motions for you to follow, and you see, as you enter the room, several portals opening as all the members of your party are pulled through them into the Night Court Palace. And that is going to be where we end your episode. Awesome! So, to all of the people listening, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we will get Brock Song's final perspective next time. And after that, the gang's all back together. So thanks so much for listening, and catch you next time. Yes, thank you. Thank you for checking out our show. As a reminder, we're part of the Bard Rock Network, who you can support by checking out our sponsor, Dragon Master Games. Support a local game store, get yourself some TTRPG essentials, and help the network produce more excellent content. It really makes a difference. Our show and all the other shows on Bard Rock Network wouldn't be possible without the support of people like you on our Patreon and Kofi. That's why we like to thank supporters who pledge above a certain tier at the end of network productions. This month's top supporters are Sarah, Queen, Viralor, and Paul. Thank you all so much for supporting the network. If you want to get shoutouts and other rewards, pledge on our Patreon or Ko-fi today. Links in the show notes.